So often, the greatest thing keeping us from living the life that God has for us is us. Hi, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. When we see how God has set us free as individuals and the church, we are unleashed into a rich, powerful, and full life with Him. As we begin this new year, we are given a choice. Continue to pursue a life playing it safe or a life of fully being unleashed. Join us for this series as we discuss what it takes to be unleashed. Wow, that is good stuff, isn't it, church? That is good stuff, isn't it, church? Hello? And for those of you online, thank you for joining us. Uh, I am telling you that what we just heard is setting us up for our theme this year. Not only the songs that we just sang, but the, the video. Literally laying our lives at the foot of Jesus. Can you picture that? Are you doing that? And if not, I pray that God will show you his truth and his love and his purpose for your life today. Amen? I, I love the words that we sang. It was so good. At first service, I ran back, grabbed the pen, and I wrote that down. We sang these words. I have resurrection power. You have given us freedom. I have resurrection power. You have given us freedom. You see, we continue to live in a world that challenges us. There are difficulties that we face on a daily basis. Am I the only one? Well, the truth is I'm not. Because if you hung out with me this week, you would see that the, 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 the heat has been turned up. For whatever reason, people this week in my life, it's been crazy. And that's okay because the reality is they have been, we have been, you have been challenged with this choice. Am I going to choose faith or am I going to choose fear? And we don't hold the corner marking on hard. I've said that, right? Sometimes we're like, oh my gosh, 2022, we've lived in the hardest times and this and that. No, we haven't. It might be our hardest time, but it hasn't been the hardest time. And so guess what I get to do today? Today, I get to announce our theme for 2022. I am so excited to do that because it'll take us from a place of fear, perhaps, to a place of faith. We bow your heads and pray? God, um, thank you. <laughs> yes, Life continues to be challenging and maybe even difficult, yet it's not impossible when we put you into the equation. God, help me to put you into the equation. Help me to encourage your truths here today. God, I, have no, I do not have the ability to get into people's hearts. I, I do not have the ability to know what's going on, but you do. Especially for those that are trapped, stuck, or perhaps even paralyzed. Paralyzed in fear. I pray that not just this year, but today, we would experience, they would experience a newfound freedom that only comes through faith in your son, Jesus Christ. God, thank you. Love you. In Jesus' name, amen.
So to those of you joining us online and to those of you here, our theme for 2022 is one word. It's one word, unleashed, unleashed. Can you say that with me? Unleashed. Say it again with some passion. Unleashed. Now, I've been living with this since probably October of last year. And so for most of you, this is the first time you've heard this. But I want you to understand what is going on in my heart and and my mind, what what God has put on my heart. And then uh, as a staff, we've talked about this. This word unleashed is so powerful because it's going to be followed with this, this phrase, faith or fear. Faith or fear, unleashed. Uh, Here we go to that deep theological book called Webster's Dictionary. And the definition of unleashed says this. Unleashed equals a release from restraint. A release from restraint. So if someone puts handcuffs on me, I'm restrained, right? I'm limited in what I could do. If I go into a prison, I'm limited by the four walls. So we understand what it means to be restrained, right? We understand what it means to be restricted or tied down. And so I want you to picture that. And this year, the word unleashed means that we, if you come and you take the key and you take off my handcuffs, now I have experienced a newfound freedom, right? I, I'm no longer restrained. I'm not, no longer constricted. If, I, if you go to the jail cell and you take the key and you say, you get to go set free, then you are out there. You are free. And my heart and what God has put on my heart is for us to spend a year focusing on this idea that we have been set free. We have resurrection power in our lives to step on, to squash, to crush all that stuff that wants to keep us restricted. We have the key through Christ Jesus in our life to live in freedom. And by the way, the enemy does not want you to hear this. The enemy does not want you to hear this. And so again, this book right here, the Bible, from the first book, Genesis, all the way to the last book, Revelation, it is story after story of people being set free. But you know what's also interesting? This book is also story after story of people being restricted. See, sometimes we think the book is all about beautiful people making beautiful choices all the time. No, this book is messy, This book is filled with people that make good choices and people that make bad choices. And that's why I love this book because I can't identify with making good choices all the time. I can't identify with perfection. How about you? And so we'll dig into this book talking about freedom. How's that sound? Does that sound good? Our theme for 2023, 23, 22 is freedom. We're going we're gonna to see how God has set us free as individuals and collectively as a church. So, so my heart is, yes, I want you to see the message of what it means to be free in your own life, but collectively as a church, we need to live this out, don't we? Because the truth is, just as us as individuals, as Christ followers, some of us still live in restriction. Some of us still live in the prison of past or the prison of sin or the prison of whatever. Churches collectively could do that too, right? You know, there are some churches that have a cross outside on the door or on the wall. There's churches that have a Bible, but are living constricted, fear-filled, paralyzed lives. 
Jesus didn't die for us to be afraid. He died to empower us, to set us free, to live John 10, 10, where he says, I want to give you life and give it to the full. Woo, that's good stuff, church. That's good stuff. And it's not because Pastor Rob said it. It's because this book says it. Can I hear an amen? My hope for you and our church is that we choose unleashed faith over fear. So let's jump in to our Bible verse for the year. Last year, does anyone remember what our theme was? Oh, good. There's three of you. (laughs) No, actually, I think we nailed that thing. I think God gave us a verse that was so important and a theme. What was our theme last year? B. B. And we looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 13, and 14, right? Be on your guard. Stand firm in your faith. Be strong, be courageous. And then verse 14 said, do everything in what? Do everything in love. And so just because we're going to 2022 with a new theme doesn't mean we just leave that one behind, amen? All right, that's kind of man's thing. And you know, I own that. But that's a great passage. So our passage for this year, because you're such good students. You're such dedicated Christ followers. I'm giving you a lot longer verse. Boo, right? Like if I was in class and my teacher said that, I'd be like, ah. But this stuff's good. We can't do a shortened version. Hebrews chapter 12. You ready? Our theme verse for the year. Verses. Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, therefore, because of everything I've shared, since we are surrounded by a what? Great cloud of witnesses. Can we say that? Great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything. And everything in Greek means what, church? Oh, look how smart you are. Those of you that ate donuts are the ones that are really screaming right now. (laughs) Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on what? Fixing our eyes on COVID? Fixing our eyes on a pandemic? Fixing our eyes on our checkbook? Fixing our eyes on Buddha? Fixing our eyes on success? Fixing our eyes on failure? Fixing our eyes on the next hit? Fixing our eyes on who? Jesus. The pioneer and the perfecter of what? He's the perfecter of our faith. Not those other things. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition. Consider him. Who's him? Jesus. Consider Jesus who endured such opposition from sinners. So that, so that, there's a reason why we want to consider this. So that we will not what? So that we will not grow weary and lose heart. That's good stuff, isn't it? Whoo! All three of those verses, that's good stuff. Now, I know I'm preaching to a bunch of overachievers. That's right. (laughs) You look online too, right? I think every one of us can memorize this, okay? And it's not memorizing it for the purpose of going, oh, I memorized it. But it's it's got a purpose because to memorize means you have to meditate. That means you have to chew on it. You have to digest And then that thing gets into your heart so that when you're ready to give up, you think back to, oh, consider, right? Consider, it says. 
Consider him who endured all things. And you're like, oh, if he could do it, I could do it, right? Or, or our focus gets off track, and, the, and that verse reminds us, oh, let us fix our eyes on who? Jesus. Not on the problems, not on the struggles, not on the things that the squeaky will, but fix our eyes on Jesus. So that's our, that's our verses for the year. That's our theme for the year. Amen? Unleash. And this pastor's heart is that you will be set free from whatever is holding you back, that you will choose faith over fear. So there are a lot of truths and there's a lot of action right there in those verses. So let's, let's pick this apart and uh, we're, we're gonna hit this all throughout the year, but let's pick this one apart, just kind of do a broad sweep over this. Pick out some of the truths and the actions. Are you ready? Number one, write this down, not alone. I don't want you to raise your hand, but how many of us feel like we're alone in this thing? Now, I don't mean like alone in life because we can look around and we see a lot of people in here, but it is very easy to be in a room filled with people and experience loneliness, isn't it? To feel like we are the only ones. And and I'm just going to shoot straight. I I, I was honest. And this doesn't happen all the time. And I don't know if it's just because it's a new year. And we just kind of got past the holidays and all the emotions and all the busyness and all the stuff and we're back to work and back to whatever. I don't know if it's because literally it seems like everyone you talk to has COVID and I'm gonna make a statement and don't send hate mail, but I, I just, let me remind you of something. This time of year, we used to have colds and flu and sinus infections. Can I just say that? Amen. All right, I did. I don't know why, but particularly this week, I've, I've dealt with a lot of situations where people are, why me? Where, where's, where's God in all this? I feel so alone. I, I, don't, I don't know if, if he gives a rip. And I want to tell you, God gives a rip. Like, I might not be there for you. Your friends may not be there for you. Your family may not be there for you. Your church may not even be there for you. But I could promise you this, God is. Because scripture tells me, I think it's in Isaiah 9, chapter 6, where it talks about the coming of Jesus. And it it gives some characteristics of what Jesus is going to be like. And it says he's going to be a wonderful counselor. He's going to be almighty God. And at the end of it, it says prince of peace. But right before that, it says everlasting father. You see, whether you want Jesus there or not, he's gonna be there. He's ready. Revelation chapter three, verse 20, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is always gonna be standing at our heart's door. He's not gonna barge in though. I wish he would in some of our lives, right? But Jesus politely stands out there. There's a handle on one side of the door and it's yours. He's always gonna be there. You can't ever suck your thumb in the corner and say, poor woe is me, I'm all alone even though we want to do that. We want to throw a tantrum and we want to go, don't you give a rip about me. You care about this person and that person. I suffer through Rob, Pastor Rob's sermons and I sit in the purple chairs and I pray and I go to life group and I give my 10% and you still don't give a rip about me, God? Well, guess what? You're not the only one that thinks that. But that's a lie from the devil. Can I hear an amen to that? Can I hear a passionate, I believe that statement, amen? Like that is true. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, the Bible says. You and I are not alone, but the devil would love for you to think that you are. So this passage is broken up into some pieces. So if I were to say Hebrew chapter one or chapter 12, verse 1a, 
we're going to look at, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Now, those of you that have grown up in the church, you've heard messages on this, and you know the answer of, of what this means. But there's a lot of people that if you're first, you're just getting into this, like, what does it mean to be surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, right? That might sound a little bit weird. Well, let me speak to that. Like, who is that great cloud of witnesses? Is it talking about God? Is it talking about his son, Jesus Christ? Well, perhaps, but no. I think it's, a, it's another step to this. There's, there's more. So the answer is found in, guess what? In what is before it. So you guys are on target right now. And at home, I know you are. Ready? What chapter comes before Hebrews chapter 12? <laughs> Hebrews chapter? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Warms my heart. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11. What is Hebrews chapter 11? Well, let's read. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. Great definition. The best definition of, 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 of faith right here. Okay? This is what the ancients were commended for. What were they commended for? They were commended for their faith. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed by God's command so that what is seen has not made out of what is visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commanded as righteous, commended as righteous, when God spoke well of his offering. And by what? And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is what? Now check this one out. This one's, a, this one's crazy, okay? By faith, Enoch. Can you say Enoch? If anyone's pregnant and struggling with a name for their child, here's one. Probably won't have any friends on the baseball team that have the same name. No confusion. By faith, Enoch, this is good right here, was taken from this life so that he did not have to experience what? Do you catch that? He didn't have to die. This was Star Trek before ever Star Trek ever happened. It was beam me up daddy. Just boom, boom. Why? He could not be found. Oh my gosh. He could not be found because, because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who what? He's one who pleased God. And without faith, faith, it is impossible to please God. So that means Enoch had a lot of what? He had a lot of faith. Do you see a theme here? So we see the definition of faith in, in, in chapter 11, verse 1. And then what's going to happen is, is the author... The author is just going to bust out one example after another. One example after another of men and women who chose faith over fear. Men and women who were unleashed. And we're going to look at some of them in the next few weeks. We're going to take a look at Noah last, next week and say, okay, what exactly was, was, was his choice? Because by the way, they all had a choice, didn't they? It wasn't like they woke up and go, oh my gosh, I'm so filled with faith because God spoke to me and I'm going to do exactly the crazy thing that he told me to do. I'm going to go take my son Isaac and going to go sacrifice him. I'm going to go build an ark in the middle of the desert with a water shortage. 
I'm going to take all these enslaved people under the heavy hand of, uh, of Egypt and Pharaoh, and I'm going to take them. I mean, you look at these things, and they were all crazy. They all had a choice, fear or faith. We don't have the corner market on difficulties, my friend, even though we like, we think we like They had a choice. 2022, guess what? We have a choice. So I love this because this is a truth that we need to claim. It says we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Yes, God's in our corner through his son, Jesus Christ, all these, all these wonderful things. But have you ever thought about this? There's a stadium of faith-filled people cheering you on. There's a stadium of faith-filled people, like better than SoFi, better than Staples Center, I mean Crypto Center or whatever you want to call it. There will be stadiums packed today with football fans and there'll be stadiums with concerts of people yelling and screaming. Forget all that stuff. You are doing life on the field and you've got a stadium of people, men and women that have walked on this earth, that have faced the decisions that you and I are facing, fear or faith, and they are clapping. They are cheering you on. They're rooting for you. They're saying you can do this. How does that make you feel? God Almighty through his son, Jesus Christ, angels, witnesses, all saying, you got this. So you are not alone, even though you may feel like you are alone. This is so important for me to hear. Ministry can get incredibly lonely. Life can get incredibly lonely. I need to be reminded of this truth. I am set free from the paralysis of fear because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Secondly, write this down. Throw off. And now this is an action here. First one's a truth. The second one's an action. If you read on in this passage, Hebrews chapter 12, after He says, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. What does it say? Let's read this together. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let's read that again. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so entangles. It's funny because when you read this whole, these three verses, some people have called this the salad passage because it's filled with lettuce. Thank you, Ashley, for laughing. You could explain it to everybody out there at the Welcome Center afterwards. One lettuce after another. Since I'm on the roll with dad jokes and we always talk about context, context is important. We always want to know who the author is, who he's writing it to, uh, why it's being written. One of the things we know about the book of Hebrews is we don't know the author. But we know one thing, it wasn't a female because then it would be called Shebrews. Some of you are like, was there a two-drink minimum on that door coming in? (laughs) No, I gave you that all for free. Back to Scripture. (laughs) But think about this. The second truth, which is actually an action, is throw off. Write that down. Throw off. Throw off. It says, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily 
entangles. Throw off means to cast aside, to cast off every hindrance. I was talking to a friend at the men's breakfast yesterday, and he's a big bass fisherman, and he's talking about going fishing with my younger son. And uh, he goes, I don't actually want to fish right now. I got some new lures for Christmas, and I just want to work on my casting. And that's a great visual. When you think about casting, throwing off all that hinders you, the sin that hinders you. But here's the only problem with using that analogy, but it's one that we could identify. So we're really good at casting, right? Throwing off that lure and it just goes, boom, right in the water. But the problem is it's still attached to the fishing line and we like to reel it back in, don't we? The cast off in this means you throw that thing as far as you can and you cut that line, <laughs> okay? And that's, that's, that's where the unleashing comes, right? That's where the freedom comes. And so some of us, we're struggling because our Christianity is throw it out there, reel it back in, throw it out there, reel it back in, throw it out there, and we've never truly experienced freedom that is found in Christ Jesus. Can anyone identify with that? The sin that so easily entangles us. Now, I love that. It easily entangles us. That simply means this. We all struggle. I said it last week. I'm no better than you and you're no better than me. We're all messy. Amen? We're all messy. We all are faced with choices on a daily basis and sometimes we make a good choice and sometimes we make a bad choice. Own it. We're we're there, okay? So it so easily entangles us. Uh, My son got a, a, a PlayStation for Christmas, my younger son. And uh, I, don't, I don't understand all this stuff, but you get connected and you get free games. I mean, I didn't get free games growing up. But I don't know, like, I'm just going to share my age a little bit. I come from the era of video games, which is one long little stick and one red button. <laughs> like, that's how video games were played. Now Easton puts that controller in my hand. It's got 42 different buttons. <laughs> it actually talks to you. It vibrates. It spits water. It makes me feel this tall, right? But he got a new game, and it's called Dirt. And it's, it's, it's a racing game, and you could, you could go through the streets of uh, New York, and then you could be in the hills and mountains, and you could be in the mud, and you could be in the snow and all this stuff, and you pick 5,000 different cars and all. I always just say, just pick everything and just hand me the control, and then I'll push go. And so it's fun. Like, it's fun fun. I destroy him. The only reason I say that is because he was in last service, not this service. But here's what I ended up finding out. My son would pick maps because he figured out his dad's weakness, which there's a lot of them. Any map that you came to a place in the racetrack where there was a divider and you could go right or left every time. You know where I ended up? Not left, not right. Crashed right on that divider. Every time. And then I'm not smart enough to know which button you're supposed to push to do reverse, so I'm out of the race. And I share that with you because this fear and faith is a choice. And like that game, I feel like I'm just going and I'm going and I see that divider. And my problem is I'm focused on where I don't want to go instead of focusing where I need to go. And so I end up out of commission. Are you with me? And so I love this passage because it says, throw off. The choice is yours, Rob. It's not everyone else's fault. It's yours. And it's not your fault. It's just own it. 
right? And so my dad would say this, and I don't quote a lot of my dad's stuff because then I get in trouble. (laughs) I'm going to say it. I had someone just now say, if you use this word, I'll be here every Sunday. I'm so tempted right now, but you love me. My dad would say, no decision is a decision. And that's me in the video game, right? I don't know if I should go left or right, and I end up crashed right in the middle. The devil doesn't want you to hear this. And what I would say is if we don't make a decision for faith, the default is automatically fear. Did you hear that? If we don't make a decision for faith, the default is automatically fear. So no decision is a decision for fear. So we need to be proactive. I love this. Our mind is so powerful, my friends. Part of what I've been having to work with in my own mind and my own heart this week as I'm walking through situations with other people is that people are prone to stinking thinking. People are prone to playing crappy music in their heads that are lies from the devil that we need to push the eject button and squash it. We are listening to lies from the evil one instead of truths from the one that gave his life for us on the cross. And so allow us to be empowered, allow us to play that music, allow us to play the truths of scripture that say you are special, that you are valuable, that you are worthy, that you are created in the image of God. And that's why I looked at my son and sent him down to this earth to die for you so that you can live in faith, not fear. The choice is yours. My brother Eddie right now, he could be fired up about that. And I could be excited about that, but that's only going to help him. It's not setting me free by his excitement for Jesus. I could be encouraged by it, but I need to say, I'm going left. I'm going faith, not fear. So, I've used this over the years. Probably one of my favorite illustrations. I... um. I think Drew, my older son, was six or seven years old. And um, he asked for Christmas for a bag of bungee cords. Fast forward, my 14-year-old asked for a PS5 that cost $800, right? (laughs) So guess what? My wife and I got Drew a big plastic container filled with bungee cords. You know why? Because it was cheap. (laughs) So it was probably like Saturday. I mean, literally like yesterday would have been almost exactly like the time of year this would have happened. It was a Saturday, college football was on. It's after the holidays, right? And Drew goes, Daddy, let's play bungee cords. I never played bungee cords. I don't know what that meant. But he and his little heart knew what bungee cords, playing bungee cords. And I'm like, so what do I need to do? He goes, you just stay there in the lazy chair. I'm like, I could do that. And it was cute. He got down next to my feet and he wrapped this bungee cord around my ankles. I'm like, all right, this is cute. And and he just kept doing stuff and the game was good. I'm watching this game and I'm not paying attention. And finally commercial comes on and I go to get up to go get a drink. And guess what? I kid you not, my six, seven-year-old had me completely entangled and trapped. I could not get out. 
bungee cords literally wrapped around my wrist that went all the way to the kitchen cabinet, you know? And so it was locked onto that. And then I had other bungees connected to bungees connected to the coffee table. I mean, I, I just picture me with 40 bungee cords going every direction of every size. I was entangled. I was trapped. I couldn't go anywhere. Think about that. Do you know what I'm talking about? How many of us are stuck in the lazy boy chair with bungee cords that are preventing us from living the life that God wants us to live? These bungee cords represent sin, right? They represent bad choices. And what happens when we're stuck is we're stuck. And now we're paralyzed in fear, restricted, as opposed to set free. In which God desired and designed our lives for. Are you with me? Let us throw off the sin that so easily entangles us. What is it that God is saying to you right now? I love, I love the, next, the next verse, or the next verse as you continue to read on. The third point is run. Write that down, run. Because it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so entangles us and let us what? Run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I'm not the smartest tool in the shed, but you can't run when you're stuck. You can't run when you're trapped. You can't run when you're entangled by bungee cords. You could just merely exist. You run, you run when you're set free. You run when you're set free. You run just like a dog when the leash has been taken off. I'm not a dog owner, but I've seen it enough. You got that dog, right? You're like, and you're going to reach down and you unthink, and that dog is going to jet. We were at some friends during the holidays, and they have a a big gate in front of their property. And when you exit, they push a button, and the gate kind of goes back. Well, they didn't realize the dog had gotten out into the front yard. And so when that gate opened, guess what that dog did? It didn't go, oh. Guess what, owners? You left the gate open. I'll stay right here. Are you kidding me? That dog jetted out and <laughs> flew down the street late at night. I've got my son, the little girl, who's the, the dog it is, the parents, you know, they're all running after this dog because the dog is going to run because it's what? It's set free. It's not going to stay there. Church, Jesus Christ died for us. And he died so that we could have the forgiveness of sins, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and eternal life with him. Why in the world would we stay stuck when we could run? That's the unleashing that I'm talking about. The devil wants you scared. The devil wants you sitting here in purple chairs. As long as you're saved, that's fine. As long as you're not running around telling everybody else about this freedom. Church, let's lead the unleashed life. Let's run like it matters. Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. The race that we're talking about, the race that he's talking about, is the race that God has marked out for you. 
Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord's Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. This scripture tells us to run with perseverance, to not give up, to keep on keeping on. And lastly, the last action item and the last truth is the word focus. Focus. Consider him. Well, let's go back to verse two. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on who? Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. (laughs) Jesus endured the cross, scorning, scorning its shame. And he sat down at the right hand of God. If we could fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, that's fuel for our faith. That's going to the gas station on empty, only fear in the tank. Look at the cross and see what Jesus endured. And let that fill your tank of faith. Here's what I want to do. In wrapping things up, we're not alone. We've got fans. We've got witnesses. Throw off. Throw off that sin. Focus. Focus on Jesus. Run. Run with perseverance. And here's the action that I want you to take. Ready? Three things. One is memorize Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. Actually, Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 3. Okay? (laughs) Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 3. Memorize. Two, read all of Hebrews chapter 11. I only read a little bit. Read Hebrews chapter 11. It'll take you two minutes. And last but not least, identify a bungee cord. Identify a bungee cord. And get rid of it. Lord, thank you. Help us. In Jesus' name, we pray. And all God's people said. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day.